one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Inside the Peloton on Over the Top Cycling, I'm George Thomas. One of my favorite people to interview, Dave Toll. Thanks very much for calling. <laughs> well, that's a, who else is in that group? Uh, that'd be you, Lucas User, Timmy Duggan, Keel Ryan, and Ian Boswell. See, I knew it wasn't that exclusive. Well, I mean, that's an awesome group. That, like, that's the Knights of the Round Table right there. Well, exactly. Right. But uh, I knew it wasn't just two or three. Okay, fair enough. You're a people person, George. <laughs> You're a people person. So I think uh, it's cool. I, I'm, not, I'm not at all uh, dissolute. <laughs> Well, Dave, it is very enjoyable to talk to you. And speaking of which, you've been out in Cleveland with all I know his name is as Marshall in Cleveland. Tell us about your Marshall visit. Leininger is okay. his name. But yeah. Uh, you know who I am disillusioned with, though? Who's that? Uh, the RTD uh, airport bus driver. Uh, a lot of cyclists. Like I remember uh, last summer coming home. And Alex Howes was on the same bus coming back from the Tour de France. I was like, that's that's pretty much how it works, you know, like with the bike and everything. And it's like typically for any racer uh, who lives in Boulder, a lot of them, you know, that's that goes. So this guy was just hucking people's bags right in front of them. And uh, it was it was insane, actually, to watch. There was a triathlete person who I, I have no idea who they were but they clearly were pro you know or, or you know as close to pro I would think and uh, I watched him grab her bike case and just hurl it into the cargo bay thing and, and it like ricocheted off the back of the of That's the unbelievable article. wow done I mean, how do they get away with that? There were another like thirty people, and we we're just like, "Wow!" <laughs> and it was sort of what you assume they're doing with your bag, uh, you know, once you hand it over to the agent when you check in, and it goes down that thing, and uh, you're like, "Okay, you know, I know it's going to go through a little brutality here. It's going to get chucked around, but to see it in front of you, which is like, like it was just like, wow." But anyways, I uh, I digress. That was the end of the trip. So the, the uh, bike racing in Cleveland is amazing, George. Uh, it's actually – did I tell you this before that I thought we should make a documentary about what's happening there, the scene? 
I totally think we should. Yeah, we were getting into that on the last show. And yeah, I want to know what Marshall has done. Well, I mean, it's so part of what's going on here is he's in the shadow of Cincinnati, which is coming up this weekend. And they have all they have set a great example of how you build a community. We, you know, the, the Lion Hearts Junior Program, and uh, the, all the way to C One Night. Uh, you know, just highest level of cyclocross, and then everything in between. Uh, you know, they support the fourteen year olds, the eighteen year olds, the U twenty threes. Everybody has their their place in that community. And so Marshall is building up his now. And I mean, he wouldn't even call it his, to tell you the truth. That's being a little. That's the, the community in Cleveland uh, right now is all of a sudden really like finding its rhythm. And you know, I think we 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 had way more racers out here this year than last year. And maybe even more importantly, there were a lot more racers coming from further away to race. Like most of the elite or higher level podiums were riders coming from out of state. And that's a great sign for that event. And, you know, I think in the interview, I, I actually had a chance to talk with him, George, uh, in the park. I grabbed like maybe 10 minutes, maybe a little more than 10 minutes with him. And he talked about uh, wanting to turn that into a C2 event to lead into that, <clears throat> what could be a great three-week block there now, because Gary uh, and his crew are keeping Derby City really relevant. That race is also awesome. So now with the C2 in Cleveland, and then and there's a lot of C2s going on on any given weekend now. You could have two or even three C2s happening. Uh, so it's okay. I, I don't think that's bad, it, especially – I mean, the way where we're at right now, it's probably the best thing that could be happening is guys who have the huevos to put on a C2 level event. It's a pretty big prize list. It's, uh, you know, the commitment is a little bit higher than, it's not a little bit, the commitment's, you know, significantly higher than putting on a good local race. Uh, so, you know, that being said, if, if Marshall can pull that off, which I'm sure he can, actually, at this point, I couldn't see how he wouldn't. Uh, you all of a sudden have a three-week block. How great is that then for everybody? Because then the racers start coming. They get host housing. They're never, you know, that, that whole almost a month of time they've got consistent training. They're not having to pay for travel. Uh, it's just perfect, actually. That's exciting. Is this? Would you consider it a pilot program for other communities? And 
you know, and even a, a, a not well-attended race would be getting 300 riders here, where they've never seen 300 in Cleveland. They wouldn't. It, they would be. Their minds would be blown to re, like with the parking issues that would come up then, and uh, you know, all, I mean, they, that's why you grow it organically. <clears throat> you know. You know what I mean, George? If you start out trying to have 300 people boom out of nowhere, that's never going to happen. Oh, absolutely. Start, start with, the, you know, have your, I think that, you know, a lot of communities you'll hear, like oh, Boise would be a good one, uh, where, you know, I mean, I don't even think 100, I don't know how many people live in Boise, but to think of 100 people showing up at a cross race, because there's not a whole bunch of other cities around Boise is, is kind of the thing, too. You know, you look at New England, uh, you know, the population density there is incredible. Do uh, you look at what's going on in a state like Montana? I was just going to say, what about Butte, Montana? Or exactly. Right. So, I mean, if you had 150 people show up at a cross race in uh, Billings, Montana, or in you know that kind of place, that would be unreal. Because 150 people makes a, I'm talking about racers, not total people, but just racers, rider entries. I mean, the numbers are interesting. Uh, actually, I got to tell you the story, George. It was so, it was cool. Uh, there were these guys from Columbus, uh, where my colleague Brad Soner is from, actually. Uh, but they uh, happened to be on Libby Hill. But not only were they on Libby Hill during the road worlds, but they had uh, been taked out every single day right in front of where I was announcing. No way. Yeah, and so and they were really funny guys the whole time. Like they were, I, I, like they were good, like a dream fan of of the sport. Like they were passionate about it. They were stoked. They were, you know, a little bit rowdy, you know, but but not pushing it too far. You know, it, actually, at one point, one of them was wearing like uh, stars and star spangled underwear, uh, stars and stripes <laughs> underwear, and. Uh, uh, or swimsuit, or whatever it was, uh, speedo. I guess you'd say. Oh, even uh, better than underwear. <laughs> whatever, same thing, right? Um, but uh, he, after about ten minutes, he's like, "You know what? I just don't feel comfortable." And he put his pants back on. <laughs> so, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty, you know. But I mean, I get it. They're passionate about cycling, and they know what they're doing, and everything. But I kind of, I have, a, I have respect for that. When you can just be like, I'm going to pull the pin on this, you know, like this is, you know, I'm around a bunch of uh, people who aren't doing this and I'm just going to stop. But those guys were racing and they were like, I think they were confused at first, you know, like they, they would have had no idea that I would have been announcing at the, uh, the North Coast Grand Prix of cyclocross, you know, like that's a pretty random one on my on my schedule for the year you know not random bad random awesome but so i gotta say though i mean how incredible for those guys to be out at the world championships on libby hill see you there announcing and then there you are at their cyclocross event that is cool pretty weird right right yeah like having marv albert show up at your uh your pickup game at the wreck exactly (laughs) (laughs) So 
anyways, uh, getting back to what I was saying about 150 people, that's actually a critical mass that is significant. There's these uh, the quantum leaps that you have to make. And when you go over 100, that's big. 150 becomes like now your registration people, they got to be on the ball. And your officials got to be on the ball. Because now you can't really just count it off on one hand or two hands, you know, like six riders in this field, eight in that. Now you're talking 22 riders in the field, and some of them are getting lapped. And, you know, it gets a little more complicated when you – and then once you go over 250, it's a whole new ballgame. So uh, – and, and that's right where Cleveland is hitting now. I don't know what the numbers were as far as rider entries from uh, Sunday. Now, the event was just this past weekend. But um, – What was the atmosphere like out there? What was the atmosphere or the weather? Uh, the atmosphere of the, the competitors, the spectators. Well, you know what? It's a lot like, okay, uh, if you go to my Twitter at Dave D. Toll, T-O-W-L-E, uh, you could see a, a link to uh, the Plains Dealer, which is Cleveland's paper. Uh, a, a really awesome woman came out. She happened to be driving by on the highway saw all of the course tape lined up in the park and uh, all of the activity going on. It kind of looks like one of those, like from that perspective, the ant farm thing, the, I don't know if a kid, do kids still have those? The, I would hope not. Yeah, I don't, my kids don't. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> ever let an ant farm. <laughs> Although one of them owns a spider. Right, yeah, Ugh. But so, but you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Weird cutaway, right? And that's kind of what this race looked like when you're driving by on the highway, and the, uh, you could everybody could see it as they're going up and down. A lot of people race their motorcycles up and down the highway there. I noticed during the day. But but uh, so she was coming from a story that uh, she was writing for the paper and saw it and decided to pull over. That's a good reporter right there. No kidding. And uh, Lynn, I believe, was her name. And so she she pulled over and parked and came over with a recorder and her and her pen and paper and camera and documented the whole thing and read the the articles online that evening and then the next today in the paper it's there and it's it's a great look it's really cool for Marshall and the the people there to have this happen. It, it's like all, it's a real nice credibility builder uh, for them. Wow, that is so nice. I mean, that that's exciting. That again, first you had a reporter that was that on the ball, and then to have the paper run that article. So really, uh, you know, there's probably in America something close to thirty communities that are on the cusp of this being able to pull something like this off. You know, I know they're trying hard down in the southeast of Athens, Georgia, or I should say just Georgia. And that that scene is really trying to get going as well. And I think I think they're on the right track. It, I, you know, I haven't been, but from what I've heard, they're they're doing a pretty good job. So so that's what you really want to see right now in the sport uh, is is this you, you don't build a house without a solid foundation and having world cups without having a whole bunch of people racing cross and loving cross in America is never going to work because our fan base, the sport is built off of the racers. Uh, every 
everything comes off of them, and they're the evangelists for the sport, too. Because when people see what they're doing, if they're cool about it and welcoming and uh, want to talk a little cross, then, you you know, you get more people into it. And that's, the, that's how the sport's going to grow. And that's how it has grown in the past. You know, the people like Tim Johnson and Ryan Trebone and certainly Jeremy Powers, Powers and Johnson really deserve the most credit of all, I think, in the, in the publicizing and romanticizing and all of the things that Cross needed. Powers and Johnson, Johnson took the first big pull with his nine ball diaries and being very available and unbelievably media savvy and intelligent about what he was doing all, all the time. Uh, but, you know, he also, I think, realized how much of a drain, you know, that is time-wise, energy-wise, money-wise. And then Jerry Powers took – I hope that people recognize how much he and his wife, Emily, gave to Behind the Barriers and, and you know, Sam as well, how much of their lives they dedicated to that, how much they gave to that project – how much it cost them, uh, I mean, just financially to make that happen. And that was Powers being beyond what you could hope an athlete would do to promote his sport. He would get the all-time pass on anything with me. Like if Jeremy Powers just threw his bike down in the middle of a World Cup and started punching people, I would defend him without even knowing what happened. You, you would announce the fight. Yeah, I'd be like, come on, Jeremy. <laughs> but, I mean, he deserves that. He deserves that from the American fans. And, you know, you got a, a great guy, Katie Compton, too. I mean, geez, same same thing minus the media effort. You know, Katie's, Katie's been unbelievably professional. I mean, by media effort, I mean, you know, Katie hasn't made a TV show and, you know, that kind of thing. Katie's always been super with media. But, but um, she's been more focused on just racing uh, rather than the, that element Jeremy brought to it. And I think she'd acknowledge that. I'm sure she would. Katie's an intelligent woman and knows, you know, everybody's going to approach how they are professionals differently at that level. And, you know, and for Jeremy, I mean, they're also really different people. It's, it's well documented. Jeremy talks about, you know, his ADD and the fact that he's just got to keep going and on the grind and on the grind. And, and uh, but he's on a good grind is the thing. Uh, but and Katie's not on a grind, you know. <laughs> Katie's just chill as a person could be. If you look at Katie's, you know, I mean, and it's true. I mean, it's not like Katie's putting up some fake images of how she's trying to pretend she is. Like Katie hangs out with the dogs and enjoys, you know, trains hard and relaxes hard. Well, and there you have two different personalities, but both very popular. But and both deserve to be exactly. Right? to have them both in the sport <clears throat> imagine if there was no Compton and Powers right now as far as you know I mean I get that the Katie Antonos and these riders uh, Amanda Millers they're, they're tremendous and they're really coming on strong and we're in great shape the, so cyclocrosses and you know if they were gone uh, you know like in just imagining they weren't you know part of the scene not anything happened or anything whatever but, but uh, you know we'd be really missing two of the two of the cornerstones of what makes the sport interesting and relevant and exciting and relatable to the general public. Definitely. And so, yeah, more power to them. The good thing is, is I mean, they're pretty much universally loved, I, I would say. And well-deserved. 
can be yep. right, on, the, on the bell curve. Well, doesn't that bell curve thing say you can only get to 97? Yeah, I don't think you can quite get I there. Mean, you were absolutely <laughs> perfect. And you handed everybody a $100 bill right before they were asked, is George cool? They, three people would still say, nah. Well, I was going to say probably 97 would say, nah. <laughs> George, come on now. So, <laughs> but yeah, you know what I'm saying. We're, I mean, at least with cyclocross right now, it's actually not as grim as people might think. There's, and, and I'm really, uh, it'll be great uh, to let you hear from Marshall and just kind of hear his voice. And, you know, during the time that I was interviewing him, I'm going to guess that four different people came up to, you know, like, hey, the taco truck is here. Where are they supposed to park? You know, that kind of, yep. but, but that's what a race organizer does all day. Hey, someone dropped their iPhone into the portalette. But that is the kind of thing that you're like, Wow. All right. You know, this is what being an event organizer means. So, but uh, when you do it right, and you, you know, you got great EMTs there, and you got great registration people, and you've got uh, good, oh man, officials are critical. Uh, you know, they, they can really make or break an event. So, having a good crew of officials, uh, Ron Burkaw is a guy that was out there uh, who's been, you know, it's cool to see him out working, and those guys are. <clears throat> you gotta when you look at the, what the officials do, and I'm a lot of times, you know, like as an, an announcer, you sit right next to them, and you're pretty much in the exact same environment as they are. And you know, like if even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If the organizer forgets to get lunches, you all are in that same boat. Right? <laughs> like, um, and if it, you know, if it's raining or hailing or freezing or super hot, you know, so I know what they go through, but I, but I kind of don't in a way because they get there before we do always, you know, they're maybe not at races like California or pro challenge, but most of the other races I do, the officials are there an hour before I am and, you know, are there an hour afterwards and adding two hours onto an event day. That's pretty significant. It really is. And they do almost all of them do a tremendous job of, just getting the job done correctly with no bias and uh, in a professional manner. And it, it, it definitely go, is noticed and appreciated. You know, and I'm wondering, as the sport grows, goes to the different communities, how difficult is it to find 
good people to work at the race and especially good officials? That, it gets harder and harder, excuse me, <clears throat> for sure. Um, I think that uh, one of the things that cycling has always really benefited from is that there's parents uh, and wives, and husbands, and significant others in people's lives that are racing that are, you know, a, a fair percentage, a just a large enough percentage of them are willing to become officials. And a lot of times it's going to be during the time that their son goes through his 12 to 19-year-old junior period, right? Right. But asking someone to show up and do 28 races a year, or, well, or 20 races a year, um, uh, that's a lot. That's, that's a 20 huge time weekends, or, you know, or even 20 Saturdays. That's almost every other Saturday for an entire year. Pretty much, not quite, but pretty close. So that's a, and that's what some of these officials here in Colorado, like the Tim Maddens, like, uh, like I'm going to guess that that guy probably officiates 70 or 80 days a year. Wow. You know, think about that. Maybe a little less than that, but it's probably pretty close. You know, he's out there Thursday nights at Doug's Velodrome. Right. At the Boulder Valley Velodrome. I always call it Doug's Velodrome. That's not fair to Frank, one, because it's Doug and Frank's Velodrome for sure. And uh, But I love that Doug did that. But anyways, uh, you know, he's out there on Thursday nights, and he does stage races. He's out there every weekend across uh, down at the track, doing stuff. You know, it's, it's insane. But he loves it. <laughs> he loves it. Like, hey, I'm, he does. I'm not just saying, yeah, he must. I mean, I, you can see that he does. So, so good for him. He found he found his thing. It's a cool thing for sure. I can only imagine the level of frustration that that must come in that world too, of trying to battle your way up through the ranks to become a commissar and get to work at the bigger races and you can imagine that is not easy at all. No, I would not but, think so. Yeah. You don't, you don't just become a national commissar. It definitely, I'm going to, I would wonder what the fastest route ever from, you know, showing up at your first race, a USA cycling C level official and to being a commissar, how quickly anyone ever did that. You know, that probably, probably, I don't know. It's not an American. Yeah, well, maybe it is. Who mm. knows? There's probably not a very good uh, database for commissar trivia <laughs> available. That, maybe that could be a show in itself. <laughs> <laughs> now, you actually spoke with Marshall, and do you have a copy yeah. of that interview that you can play for us? Yeah, you know what? Let's just roll into that because you know what, George? We've got a lot more to talk about, uh, and I'm really enjoying doing this. So I think we might even be able to knock out a couple a week right now. So because I'm heading out to Cincy next on Friday for Kings Cross and Davu, and that's the Pan Am Championships as well. So that's huge. And oh, I should add, they are uh, going to be live streaming that now with the Gnarly Monkey guys. So and they're good. Gnarly Monkey is really good. So you can count on a good quality live stream coming out of Cincy. It's not a night race anymore, which is especially good if you want to watch it on a live stream. Um, and it allowed them to make the course even cooler out there. 
And so that is Saturday and Sunday, the, both of those races. I think they're not going to do all categories. I think the plan is to do the, the UCI juniors and then the, the women and the, that and the men. So if we so could uh, catch some quick interviews with you from out there, that would be fantastic. Yeah, there hasn't been enough uh, live streaming this year. Uh, they, you know, they did a great job up in Rochester. And uh, other than that, you know, it's just been, it hasn't been what we've been looking for out here. So I think that uh, hopefully this one will make people happy. Well, I think, but yeah, you know what? That being said, uh, I was out, this is yesterday. It was uh, a beautiful day. Like the sun was out. It turned out to be 62 degrees, the, like a light breeze. And uh, we were right next to the taco truck. So this is uh, me and Marshall. George, thanks a lot. Nothing like being at a bike race. And I got to say, they're not easy to create. I'm here with Marshall Weininger. <laughs> we're, and we're, you know what, Marshall, don't even worry about it because you know what? There's a lot going on when you're a race promoter. But Absolutely. <laughs> there sure is. So, hey, I, I, first off, uh, congratulations. What Thank you're you. doing here is great. Thank you. So when we look at it, Marshall, you really have created a bike race in a box in a lot of ways, haven't you? Whether it's the timing and scoring or the PA system or registration, how much work has it been to get to this point? It's been a lot of work. You know, um, the idea, the concept from the start was to to, to have that, a, a race in a box, so that we could go out to the teams and provide them all the infrastructure, all the registration, Everything that they really needed to do have to uh, to bring off a, a good race and get something out of it. You know, it's, it's it's just so difficult for individual clubs to just nowadays say, "Hey, let's do a cross race." Where do you get everything? You know, where do you get the uh, all the stuff that it takes just just to put a race on? You know, I'm going to ask you that. And actually, I would even ask you, how did you decide to do this? Like you're a racer yourself. Yeah, uh, did you- <laughs> I try. I try. It's, no. it's not not much uh, during the cross season, which is my passion. But, uh, you know, try to get out with the guys. You know, it, it, it uh, was really a lump here to watch the other 55s go off without me. You know, but, you know, it's shared passion, shared passion. You know, when you say that, I mean, obviously, without the passion, this wouldn't be happening. Are you getting good support from the community? Did it take a while to build that up? Yeah. Um, you know, this is our third year as, as the series un, under my, under Velagoat or my tutelage. Um, but I, I think after the, the first year when we really showed what we could bring and, and, and uh, bring the organization together, get things stabilized between cat- even between categories from race to race. One might have been one twos, one might have ABCs, and so on. Now it's all on a level playing field. People love it. People love it. All you have to do is is, is show up, and you know what's going on. How much feedback along the way came for the racers to help you figure out that kind of stuff, categories and start times? And, you know, I would imagine that, you know, there's a few voices that you listen to in your community. Absolutely. You know, before I even took this on, I went to the leaders of all the teams that had put the races on on individually and said, what do you think of the concept? And what what do you want to see? What what failed in the past? What what successes were there? And, and after the races, I go back and ask these people, how to go? What do you think? And you know, I get feedback, good, bad, and different from 
uh, you know, on Monday morning. It really is a uh, race on Monday, sell on Sunday, you know. <laughs> yeah. or, you know? <laughs> and when you wake up that morning, do you expect uh, to see 20 emails in your inbox talking about the good and the bad of the race? Well, sure. You know, these people are passionate about it, too. And, you know, I respect that greatly. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the biggest pleasures I get is um, opening up Facebook on Monday morning and seeing hundreds of pictures and all these, uh, you know, people I don't even know mentioning me and, and showing pictures of a great time they had, you know, smiles on the kids and, and so on. It's, 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 it's hectic right now, but tomorrow morning it's going to be great. We're here with Marshall Leininger at the North Coast Grand Prix of Cyclocross. Marshall, I kind of liken it to what Bill Graham and the Grateful Dead promoter uh, must have felt. You know, like, it is tremendous stress and a tremendous amount of work. But when you can sit back and see all the kids having fun, or the little Belgians are going to be out here racing in a minute, you get a really strong junior field here this year. And maybe even more than the kids who, I don't expect a 12-year-old to appreciate what's happening, but maybe their parents do. Yeah, I think they do. You know, I think this... This level, or this, if you want to call it even class of racing, is new to up here, especially for cross. And it's, it's really now starting to take a foothold. So I, I think with anything, people are going to want to see the quality. And then when they see the quality, they'll be more apt to, to, to join in. And I, I think that's what's helped grow in the series and grow in our sport up here. What was your biggest challenge then when you talk about the quality? I mean, uh, building courses has always looked really tough to me. I mean, Marshall, I've been going to cross races now for really 15 years. I couldn't design a course. I, I wouldn't know where to start. How does one even learn how to do that? Uh, I don't know. Um, being a racer helps. Yes, being a racer helps. Um, what I've tried to do is, in the past, I've, I've, I've been fortunate enough to go to some great races. Um you know, I, I, I raced Masters Worlds when I was in Louisville. I really paid it. I'm, I'm kind of geeky on courses. So when I when I got into cross, I started looking around. I was like, hmm, you know, that, that's an interesting feature. I like riding that. I don't like riding that. What they do here, there's too much pedaling. You, you just have that all in your in your bank. And then you got to look at, um, <laughs> it gets kind of weird. You start looking at parks as, wow, can I make a course there? You know, and then, you know, you, you you start picking up friends and, and um, people like even like Corey Green from Cincinnati has been a tremendous help to me. And, okay, and I hear you, and I, I really love the relationship between the Cincy crew and what you're doing here. How are they helping you? Um, Besides moral support, I mean, obviously Corey's a great guy, and he cares about what you're doing. But, Marshall, in all honesty, credit where credit is due, you seem to have this on lockdown to me. <laughs> I never look at it that way. There's always there's always some place you know to, to, to move up, and and our goal is to take this this particular event, and make it a C two next year. We'll see. You know, um, hopefully we'll get some good reports out of this and uh, some good notes out of the venue, and we'll convince them to give it to us. And and you know really make that hat trick of Cleveland, Cincinnati, Louisville next year. Keep the pros over here. Yeah. I mean, I'm already, Marshall, talking to racers out there that are saying that obviously some, there's been a seismic shift with no USGP anymore. Having something like what you're talking about, three weeks of racing in a row, a lot of bike racers in America have a friend in Cincy or Louisville or now even Cleveland. It seems like it would be the perfect fit. And is, is, is Cincy helping try to encourage you to build that block? They're not discouraging it. Right. Um, you know, we, we get together. They have a pretty locked schedule. This race was two weeks earlier last year. So we moved it. Um, 
we worked with uh, with the other the two series, the one in, in uh, Columbus, the Capital City Group, and OVCX down in Cincy to uh, set the schedules. One thing we won't do here in Ohio is step over each other. So we all get together like in April or so, look at our potential schedules um, and, and, and work together. And we also put together the Ohio Cup two years ago to encourage racers to come up, perhaps come up from Cincinnati into the Columbus area and Columbus up here and, and vice versa. We get we got a pretty good contingent from this area that goes down to both, uh, certainly into Columbus um, and then down into Cincy as well. Especially for the Cincy 2 weekend. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to be brutally honest, that, that's where I got a lot of my inspiration was having raced uh, Cincy 3 for you know, like eight years or, or something like that. I thought, this is it. This yeah. is great. And, and you mentioned the USGP. So sad to see that go. I mean, I, that was a, a great series. I'd love to see it come back somehow. Um, in your mind, what is it going to take to do that? Is it going to take uh, uh, something like Joan and Bruce, someone who can? It's someone who can find the sponsorship dollars, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be really tough in, in in today's market to really find those those dollars. You know, um, it, it's tough at this level. You know, um, but yeah, it's it's going to have to take somebody that that's really got that deep passion. Um, and, and can take that out to, to potential sponsors. Yeah, it's good. they're going to have to find some cash somehow. You know, Marshall, I, I was here last year, and I was really impressed uh, just by the, the core spirit of this event. And I'm, I can tell this year that the numbers have to be up when I'm looking at the start list. They're, I mean, they definitely were seeing growth in the number of racers and also the number of people that are walking by and seem to care about this event. Is that, at the end of the day, the hallmark of success for you to see the racing growing? Yeah, of course. You know, numbers are, are what you look at. Uh, that's how we keep score, right? <laughs> that's how we keep score. But I, I think, to me, yeah, the number the numbers need to be there. But really, it goes back to the smiles and, and people coming up and saying, man, I hate you for that course. You know, <laughs> and they're good. You know, I'm doing my job. And, and I heard someone call you a masochist earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they call me a few things, uh, sick bastard, whatever, yeah. you know. But... Uh, yeah, you know, that kind of feedback that, that tells you that, and, and, and to hear from my peers in, in the race business that, hey, this, this, is a, this is a C2 course. That, that's, that's, you know, that's when I know I've done my job here and that we can make it grow. So, and now when you look at it going forward, do you hope to see, and I, I would say in America right now, the three strongest scenes, maybe let's add four, you have to go to New England, out to Pacific Northwest, Colorado remains strong, but this has turned into, I'm not saying that you're fourth place in that line, Ohio is really impressive. Are you thinking that the scene is going to continue to merge together? Yeah, why not? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we, we've got the Pan American Championships next weekend in Cincy again. Uh, that's going to be a great scene. I, I was just looking at registrations. There's probably a 1,000 by today. Um, and there's there's no reason why we can't grow that, you know, in front of it. But in, in order to do that, we have to have the quality event. Okay, well, then on that note, then, I want to tell you that, one, I'm 100% behind what you're doing, and there is no question that this is a C2 quality event. So, I mean, I'll go to bat for you anytime, but uh, don't sell yourself short around here either. This is as good a course as I've seen in America this year. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, this is it's great that we can take an old park like this, something that's been around since the 20s, and really people have forgotten about it. 
and, and turn it into an event with, you know, a few hundred people at it, you know, and uh, it's got great features in it. Um, there's been there's been cross racing in this uh, venue for twelve years. Okay, yeah, twelve years, but not all organized by you. No, only the last three years by me. Um, and, and actually, this was one of the first races I ever did. Was, no was at this park, so it's, it's got a little bit of something for me in it, you know. And, and to, to be able to take this and turn it into a, a, um, a UCI event would be great. It, it, it would be the full circle. You well, know. You, well, then we got to keep making that circle over and over again, Marshall, because <laughs> we can't let you go out after one C two. No, no, we'll, we'll we'll figure out something. Um, you know, I was thinking about making it a two day event. Um, you know, it was interesting when I was at the race directors meeting last uh, a week ago this weekend. Um, one of the things that we talked about was uh, when, when do you raise your hand for help? You know. We had some big guys up on the podium with the, the organizers of, of uh, uh, Sea Otter and uh, Iceman. And they said, look, you know, Sea Otter started out with 28 entrants. Yep. And now look at them. You know, there's over 6,000, 7,000 people that, that head out there. And it's, it's, really, it's really growing that quality. And, and when, when people see what you're doing, then they'll come in and help. So I think we're at the point now. To, to start organizing the help and, and getting other people on board. I, I, think, I think we've got the product to, to draw them in. You know, I'm with you on that. You know, let's, circling back to what you were talking about, when you show up in an event and it's a shit show, you want nothing to do with that. But when you show up and you feel the vibe that you've got here, I think this is where people say, hey, can I help? Can I volunteer? What do you need? How can I be a part of this? I was talking about it earlier on the mic today, saying that you're at the front end of what's going to be a really fun run here. And it's a, you know, get on board early. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. You go to the, put on a, a, a smaller event, and they're, they're the, the standard people there. You put it on an event like this, you get people around you say, man, I, I want to be a part of this. And now convincing them to be a part of it for next year, <laughs> you know, and the, the time it takes to do the, the, the UCI events is perhaps different. But there, there really has been um, a, a good queue of people coming forward, you know, lining up to, to help out. And I'm, I'm enormously grateful for them. Because this is a, a one goat show for the most part, you know. <laughs> well, and, and Velo Goat is yeah. the is the name of the uh, the 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 business that runs right. all of these races. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So when you when you look at it though, uh, I would imagine that you've got to think. All right, we got the tiger by the tail. You've done the same thing in your life with your business, uh, in your private life. You run a very successful business. Uh, how much of that has applied to what you're trying to do here? Sounds like quality has been something that you've worried about your whole life. Yeah, you know the the the, the, the day business is. Um, in the OEM automotive business, where there's 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 no gray, there's black and white, right. and uh, you're not messing around in oh, Detroit. No, 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 no. You don't shut plants down. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, it's coming from the small business where where you you are everything has has definitely helped in, in being able to put this together. Um, it, it's the it's buck been, stops here. Ab- absolutely, right. and, and it's being resourceful. Where do I get this? How do I do this? And you know, I got to do that every day for business. So this is this is really no different. All right. Well, Marshall, I want to wish you good luck, and uh, we'll certainly look forward to a C2 next year. Oh, thank you, Dave. And I really appreciate you coming all the way out here for us. Everybody loves having you out. Thanks a lot, Marshall. Thanks. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.